HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Five years in a row, guys. Yeah, buddy. We did (laughs) five five years of bridesmaid. Oh man! (laughs) So uh, those of you who might know, the uh, top fours for the Tales of the Cocktail Spirited Awards came out uh, yesterday. It was it was I believe yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yeah. And the speakeasy is on uh, for the fifth year in a row. That means that every year that the category of best broadcast podcast or web series, it, since it since its introduction five years ago, we've been nominated every single year that it's existed, which is actually, who else can say that? I don't think anyone else can, right? No one. Yeah. And, no. And, <laughs> and, I and that's a weird way that... of saying, like, we're not bitter about losing. Definitely <laughs> not. That's not our style. I, in fact, you know, I think I've said it on the air before. I'm kind of happy for us to keep getting nominated. The rules dictate that should we win, we can't even be nominated for five more years. So I'd prefer to be nominated every year and be up on the board than to win and not be on the board for five years. But that's a new rule. And Greg, what did you call it? The, oh, it's the, 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 you mean the Wanderich Mercy rule? Is that yes. the rule that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, because he beat us twice in a row in the inside of five years, <laughs> he and Noah. Um. And then they retired their show. You know, they're like, "Yeah, we got you twice. We're out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a show. We got our we got our exactly. one for each of us. We're done. Yeah, they had a show. Wow. Uh, well, let's jump right into it because I think we've got a lot to talk about today. So, in the oh, virtual yeah. studio with us, uh, we've got a good friend uh, and multiple Tales of the Ward top four nominee, uh, both uh, all for best bar team, best restaurant bar at uh, his bar, and uh, best U.S. bartender, Chris Hanna. Welcome to the studio, Chris. Really glad to have you on. Hey, uh, thank you, man. It's really good. To, really good to talk to you guys. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, I saw you here in New York City uh, just uh, two weeks ago or so. You were here celebrating 50 Best, which you were also on that list. So you're out there crushing the, um, what, what do they call this, uh, nominee or uh, uh, award season? You're really taking award season for all it's worth. It's uh, It's been a pretty cool one, man. What I loved about 50 Best was just seeing everybody again. That was, that was awesome. That felt great. 
Um, I, I would agree. It really did. It felt like the first uh, event that I've been to. I've only been to, I think, two events since it's two larger events since the um, pandemic has been you know, winding down, I hope. Um, and this one felt really very reunion-y. I got to see a lot of folks I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, reunion-y. That's what I, that's what I feel about Tales, and I just really can't wait for that to, to feel the same way. But all the, uh, the awards uh, nominations has been a little crazy, man. Like sometimes I can't. I feel weird about checking uh, social media, all the all the hits and everything. I'm just like, oh gosh. Yeah, it's it's got to be flattering though, and especially for you having your in, your, the bulk of your career be right there in New Orleans and be sort of at the center of it all. And we talked off air. You've been nominated for best bartender in the past and and didn't take it. This is the first time you've been nominated for multiple awards in the same year, but you've you've never taken home a plate at all, correct? That's true, right? So it's time to put some uh, flat, some some plateware up on that bar. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm really loving the, uh, you know, to to be honest, I really like the the restaurant bar one. I like that category. Yeah. That was you know, what about that category appeals to you? Uh, I've always been about the team, man. You know, even when I was at the seventy five bar, it was always about the teamwork. And so um, winning that James Beard was, um, you know, like obviously the highest, you know honor if I could ever have in this industry that was that was the absolute best and just you know working together and then having people having guests comment on you know like it's fun to watch you guys work and everything you know just and it just feels good yeah that's awesome and you're also for best bar team itself so both of those awards seem would seem pretty fitting for you talk a little bit about um your time at the French 75 bar uh, to kind of just give a little groundwork for the listener oh you know uh I'm actually really, I'm really proud of uh, French 75 Bar and uh, my efforts there. Um, you know, it's a really, it's a beautiful little room inside Arnold's restaurant. And I got there at the very beginning of the cocktail revolution, which was a pretty ideal time for me and the bar because not everybody working there uh, knew what was going on, you know, and I knew that New York and San Francisco uh, were, were starting this um, this cocktail, you know, revolution. I just wanted to have this one beautiful bar, you know, stay, stay in the same, you know, realms as all the high end bars coming, you know, opening up like PDT, Death and Company, you know, even, you know, more Margo, you know, we were all following that wave. And I'm just glad I was able to keep mentioning, keep being mentioned, you know, in, in like lists, you know, involving everybody. Um, so I'm really proud of uh, what I did at the French 25 bar. It was really hard to leave. You know, I was there almost right at 15 years, you know, that was, that was a, that was a tough decision, but you know, Manolito is a really beautiful, cute little bar and uh, Jewel that uh, we opened right after Manolito is turning out to be pretty special as well. So things are good. Yeah. I mean, you being sort of a static figure behind the bar at Arno's French 75 was for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, sort of a, a home beacon. You know, I, I know that when I go to New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail, my first stop is Arnaud's to grab a, a, a French 75, a, a Sazerac, and some Palm Soufflés yes. and see you. Um, so, you know, you not being there now, it's changed the game a little. I still ritualistically go there, but now I have other places to come and see you. Uh, and you just mentioned the first place you opened after leaving uh, Arnaud's French 75 is Manolito. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that one, but then, of course, the meat of the matter today, I think, is going to talk about Jewel. But let's hear about Manolito. Uh, Manolito is is really, really, uh, you know, kind of special to all of us because, you know, seven trips with Julio Cabrera uh, spawned these bars, you know, like La Trova, Manolito, Madrinas, and Palomar in, uh, in Portland. But uh, Manolito 
when we would go to um, Havana, we would all get behind the bar. Manolito would show us how to make the, uh, you know, the Florida and the daiquiri with the blenders. And he was running the uh, El Florida in Havana. And then uh, he passed away, uh, I believe, in uh, 2016. And it was, you know, it was in the bartending community is so tight in, in Cuba. You know, we went down to several of their uh, competitions and it was just amazing. But we, uh, when we decided, when we had this little room on Dumaine in um, the lower, lower quarter, uh, we decided to open up a Cuban style bar, Cuban themed bar, bring the blenders back on the bar. And um, we wanted to name it after Manolito. And uh, it really turned out, it really turned out pretty awesome. I mean, it's locals love it. Uh, tourists love going. It's really service industries really enjoying it and uh we have a great staff it's a cute little cute little spot we have uh, cuban food and um uh blended drinks i even have i still have a drink on the menu so i'm happy about that the bywater but it's beautiful man i was there last night actually yeah i love uh the style of it it's a very small room sort of wide open frontis uh with a with a tight little bar and and a little kind of a little mezzanine level up above it's really adorable just to view and behold and then the great thing of course is that you're in new orleans which means even when it's packed to the gills you can just grab a grab a cocktail and and take a walk around the block and come back when you need another one right yeah you know that's actually one of the cool little secrets is you can actually get a get a daiquiri and just walk straight to the river you don't really realize it all you have to do is cross the cater and go around those uh those front uh buildings where the uh, french market is and you just go straight to the river sit down and have a daiquiri otherwise you don't even see the river when you're in new orleans it's really kind of it's weird but um that's that's one of the things i love about it as well and you can have a beignet while you're at it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly like right. i i kind of feel like we've gotten spoiled with all these like with all the to-go cocktails that we have and and don't get me wrong i'm glad that that's that that's still a thing in the places where it is still a thing but like there was something kind of magical about like the first time that i like went to new orleans and i went into a bar and i just just like you know just gonna grab a beer and like hang out and the woman looks at me and just goes do you want that for here to go and i was like what uh, uh, oh oh that's an <laughs> option and it's like and you you still kind of you forget that that's like something that's kind of very just um special and free about that town you know yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that, uh, there, you, uh, it reminds me of like the time I guest uh, bartended at uh, Maison Premier's uh, first year anniversary. And they flew me up and I had to wear my uh, French 25 bar outfit. And it was so funny because I didn't know, I didn't, I don't know who asked, but somebody was like kind of like playing a little prank. And he says, you know, and they're ordering drinks. And then the guy says, hey, can I get that together? And I go, yeah. And then Max like, grabs my arm and goes, no. No, you can't make that to go, Hannah. And I was like, I looked over and the guy is just laughing. He goes, hey, I thought I'd try. I was like, oh, that's funny. Good one. Nice one. Yeah, I mean, right, because it's just so habitual for you after so many years being there. Right. That was so weird. It was a weird moment for me. (laughs) Well, you know, technically there are bars in Brooklyn where you can get drinks to go. Turkey's nest. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's a little little different. Uh, You know, they don't really advertise that as like a New Orleans style bar, but. I think, you know, I I heard some rumors that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like after everyone started going back from the to-go cocktails, and this can, can be totally fake news, but um, like I heard that they were going to like re, kind of like review the program 
for like New Orleans as a city as far as to go cocktails go. Did anything change? Because like I was like, there's no way they can change that back. People go to that city partially so they can have a drink and walk around and drink it. Was there any like was it like just like some weird rumor that was going around? They were like, well, actually, everyone's going back to like no no to go cocktails, and I heard New Orleans is going to do the same. It's like, oh wow, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was like, that can't be true. But I think there was just a lot of uh, yes, episode fake news the going on. <laughs> yeah, man, we, that, yeah, you're right. That would no, that would there would be. I think I believe there would kind of be riots for that yeah. one. That wouldn't, that, wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't work. I was surprised how nicely we took the uh, smoking ban, but you know that's you know that's a that's, oh yeah that was fine. But no, the, the to go drinks that's not really going to work. It's it's more like a way of, we don't really think that we're doing anything love a novelty it's kind of it's really kind of a way of life yeah us. exactly we just feel like if you if you have to like stop and it just like like the skipping skipping a record you know it's not a big yeah. deal until yeah. someone makes a big deal out of it you know well yeah. i would also i would also argue at least a little bit that the smoking thing went down easier in new orleans because you could still just take your beer outside and have a cigarette you didn't have to leave your beer inside <laughs> and go yeah, have a cigarette, right. <laughs> you know which was the problem here people were like i want to have my drink and my cigarette at the same time you know whatever um yeah leaving your drink inside and smoking and yeah it's that's a problem yeah nobody's gonna do that down there um especially if you smoke cigars yeah. <laughs> all right you'll be there it's gonna be like dead beyond dead by the time you get back right so you got manolito opened up and operational and again it's gorgeous and man it's it's a refreshing break too when you're walking around the quarter on a hot day and then you see that thing it's like a little oasis you jump in there and grab yourself a a blended daiquiri from from a blender which is you know again i think uh talk about that like is there any pushback from the sort of nerdy ass cocktail world that we live in uh about about sort of maybe what they might think of as unwinding it and going backwards and, and being like the, the daiquiris back in the blender. No, there was, there was no pushback at all. They, they, um, when they found out there was like, all, you know, everything's all fresh juice. It's not like the, the soldier slim you can get at the big easy, uh, daiquiri shop on, on bourbon, you know, um, everybody was like, everybody just kind of fell in love with it. It, it was, you know, frozen drinks are kind of a guilty pleasure anyway. You know, everybody eventually gets one. So there, everybody like walked in and was just happy to, to know that it, nobody could frown upon them for even ordering one. So it actually worked more in everyone's favor. Right. You could be more open about your desire to have a, a blended <laughs> drink with, instead exactly. of like being bashful and like, is anybody looking? Okay. I'm going to order this real quick. I mean, <laughs> we, everyone loves frozen drinks though. I mean, whether you like want to admit it or not, I mean, it's, it's a yeah. truth. I don't know, man. I like to me, it's, it's more of a blender versus frozen drink machine kind of question. Right. Because I mean, there's a lot of control with, a frozen drink machine, right? I mean, you batch it out. It comes out consistently perfect every time. But I kind of like the, like, I, I like the show and I like, you know, we like the show when we go to a bar. Even if you're throwing a bunch of stuff in a blender and blending it, that's part of the show. It's a different kind of show than like stirring and doing an absinthe drip and, you know, all these other kinds of things. But it's, it's, it is, it's, it's like you put your hands on it, right? And that yeah. to me, there's a lot to be said about it someone actually making the drink rather than just pulling a tap that someone else, you know, spent five hours batching 20 different machines. You know? Right. You're, you're right. You're right. And um, it's, it's exact same as like, is building the drinks because everything's being measured. Yeah. You're really not trying to throw away like the, the remnants that <laughs> they want everything to be the, the exact same amount. You know, they have the, they have, like the measurements are always like the amount of ice, you know, the ounces of ice, ounces of uh, juice, 
the spoonfuls of sugar. And then the, you want to get, you want to get what you pay for. So you don't want to see leftover thinking like some of your liquors, you know, right. still left in that, in that <laughs> frozen. Yeah, exactly. That right. Yeah. Neither, neither party wants to see anything left in the blender, nor, neither the bartender, nor, nor right. the, the, nor the guest. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a craft as well. Plus it, it definitely 1000%. And plus I, again, it's as Damon refers to the show, right? When Manolito is bumping and there are people kind of spilling out into the open sidewalk there, like it is a show. Like it's the, the, the blenders are going, the people are you know chatting, the music is playing. It's, it's a really fun little spot. It is man. And what I, one of the things I like as well, you, and what you guys, since you, since you, you know, the uh, people in our, in our circles is uh, the, the photos in the, in Manolito, everyone thinks they're, they're stock photos because they're black and white, but they're ours actually. So you're going to recognize a lot of bartenders when you walk the walls. That's really, so cool. that's really kind of cute. Yeah. Oh, Lemaire is up there. So many people up, oh, are up awesome. on the walls from all oh, of our amazing. trips. I, I don't think I ever noticed. I know. <laughs> I have to tell everybody. It's like, no, look at them. It's like, there's only one photo that's not ours. And that's of the Rubagoya. Rubu I, I never can pronounce his name right. The original guy who put the the, the blender on the bar. And oh yeah, Constante, right? Consa yeah, Constante. Yeah. yeah, I can never do the rest of his name either. That's why yeah. I just call him Constante. <laughs> yeah. Right. When we, when we go to Havana, we all go to his uh, his his uh, grave and uh, and build daiquiris with Julio. It's pretty awesome. Nice. <laughs> it's awesome to have rituals and, and things that you fall back on all the time. Uh, that's amazing. And I, next time I'm there, I'm definitely going to, well, this soon I'm going to be there. I can't wait to get down there to New Orleans this year um, and, and come see Manolito again. And, and then definitely come over to Jewel of the South, which is the project you opened next. And the one that's getting a lot of fanfare uh, this year at Tales of the Cocktail, as mentioned, best restaurant bar, best bar team. And then, of course, yourself for best bartender. Um, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back and keep talking to Chris Hanna from New Orleans. Stay with us. You've heard me talk about Diageo Bar Academy on our podcast for some time now. Diageo Bar Academy is a totally free resource for bartenders, bar managers, and those in the hospitality industry. Whether you're an experienced bartender looking for new inspirations and trends, or you're just starting out, or frankly, even if you're just an enthusiast, Diageo Bar Academy online courses offer real-life skills to help you grow your career. They're always free, interactive, and even some of the advanced e-learning courses take less than 30 minutes to complete. And you can do this all on demand, whenever you're ready. All you need is a computer and be able to log on. E-learning courses cover everything from skills and techniques, basics of spirits categories, improving guest experiences, serving responsibly, creating your own personal brand, and so much more. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com to build your skills with Diageo Bar Academy e-learning and masterclasses. Again, that's DiageoBarAcademy.com. D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Cheers. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And in the studio today, we have our buddy Chris Hanna in from New Orleans. Man, I love New Orleans. I know we're talking about drinks a lot today, but like, I love, you know... I've always worked in bar programs that were attached to a restaurant. And I think it's important to have food and drinks together. There's no better combination of food and drinks, in my opinion, when it comes to mixed drinks than in New Orleans. And it's just, I mean, that's just the truth. Uh, I mean, they, I'd say maybe New York and New Orleans. Uh, and I, I love going to our nodes in the French 75 bar because you'd have the elements together and they work so perfectly together. And it's no doubt in my mind that, the new spot, Jewel of the South, obviously is up for best restaurant, uh, best best restaurant bar 
Live radio, y'all. Um, <laughs> so I want to hear about this place because I haven't had a chance to go yet. Uh, I'm still not sure if I'm going to be in New Orleans this summer for Tales of a Cocktail. Um, so let's hear about that. Yeah. Um, you know, Jules, a really, you know, cute little cottage that we, uh, that we bought. Um, when, when we bought it, it was, we were trying to turn it, well, it was supposed to be turned into a guest house, but with the like crazy Airbnb laws, which is are awesome in the quarter, they, um, they wouldn't give them the guest house permit, which was weird because it was, you know, guest house is a little bit different, but you know, for, lucky for me and Nick, the guy was just like, well, I bought this house. Now what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> so he was like, well, these guys opened, uh, you know, Manolito and they run really nice bar programs. Maybe we should have like a little restaurant. So uh restaurant and bar um, focused well, you know, on the, on the drinks first and then like we'll build a kitchen out of it. Um, so that's what we turned Jewel into, you know, we had this really, really cool courtyard in the back. It's a two story, uh, Creole cottage, uh, 1830s. And, um, we just went at it, you know, and, uh, it's been, we found our chef. The chef is, um, from London. He's, he worked in Australia and Paris and he was with, uh, Nina Compton for two years here at uh, Compare Le Pan, brought him over. Um, so the food's great. We obviously lost it for two years of Corona. We had no kitchen, but, uh, the drinks, um, we initially were wanting to be like classic focused, which we, which we have. And then we also have our own new, um, new versions of classics as well, but it's a, it's an homage to the original jewel of the South, which is what we, um, wanted to bring back. It was, uh, Joseph Santini's bar and tavern. So he had, it was a restaurant and bar as well in the CBD, which was the St. Mary neighborhood. And that was mowed, mowed down like most cities neighborhood when they have to start big building, big buildings. Uh, if you walk, I know you've walked past on this corner. You're just never going to, it's now a parking lot, but it was a uh, Gravier and St. Charles. Um, no, Cronolette, sorry, <clears throat> Gravier and Cronolette. And um, so when we got, we got the opportunity to turn this little Creole cottage into a restaurant, we just wanted to bring back Santini and Jewel of the South. It was the most uh, notable bar in the 1800s. He was obviously the most famous bartender in all of the South in the 1800s. In Jerry Thomas's book, he's the only bartender mentioned by name. He created the first sugar rimmed cocktail and the first single use juice cocktail, which turned into the Daisy, which turned into the Margarita, uh, Cosmopolitan, Sidecar, yada, yada. But that's what we're doing with Jewel of the South. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's great. You know, it feels good walking in. The vibe's nice. All of our, you know, our staff are, you know, well-educated about what, what we're doing and why it's going to, should be an important place for people to go in a quarter. That's amazing. I love that because we we were, I'm trying to remember who we were talking to recently. It was about three or four months ago. Guys, um, remember we were talking, our guest was talking about creating a dessert cocktail menu or dessert menu with cocktails and, and the dessert dishes. And the pastry sh dessert chef was like, all right, let's do the drinks first. And then pair, because pairing a cocktail to say like a sweet dish is not, necessarily it's, it's a very well understood kind of program so what they did is they designed the drinks first and then paired the desserts to the drinks and it sounds like that's what's going on here too but on the savory side uh or maybe all together right you had the the bar first and then the food follows that which i think is a, a really really interesting concept 
mean, like chefs do that with wine all the time. Might as well do that with cocktails too, right? Yeah, which which uh, which pastry uh, place is this? That sounds pretty cool. I can't remember. I think Greg would remember. I'm putting him on the spot. No, honestly, I'm trying to remember too. I, I remember <laughs> the discussion. I remember how we were talking about how people always pair, like you know, you always do champagne at dessert, but that doesn't really work. Like right. that pairing, like champagne and like a really sweet, rich dessert doesn't work. But it's driving me nuts because I can't think of all, all I all I can think of now is um, the Jello cakes. Which I know it wasn't that, <laughs> yeah, but wasn't I just stuck in a loop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I also can't remember. I forget these shows the minute we're done. Um, It'll come to me the second we log off. <laughs> I, we all race out of here to go do what we have to do, and it's like, oh, okay, forgot it. I'm kidding. We're joking, whoever that person yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We love you. Sorry, I should have asked. It was but, such um, an awesome show that we remembered the content, but not the person um yeah but yeah i mean it's just an <laughs> interesting idea you know because it's typically like in a restaurant bar i'm air quoting restaurant is first you know so it, it, that's that's typically how it's always gone it's like the bar is yeah. part of the yeah. restaurant rather than the the kitchen being part of the bar so mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting it, it it makes complete sense to me i'd probably piss off a lot of chefs if i said that to their face um <laughs> <laughs> Because let's face it, a lot of restaurant owners, the the chefs are the restaurant owners, you know. So like, you know, they they it's like food first for them. It is. It is different. It's so. I mean, because like even even dealing with our chef, it's 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 so interesting. It's like no, we we started this because of bartenders and because the because of the bar team, and you know, it's normally it's like chef who's like part owner, and uh, so it is a little bit. um, little opposite. And we did that, what you just said, like kind of twofold. We didn't even have a dining room yet, <laughs> which was a, a second level of our, um, of that, of the cottage. So we didn't even have a, we just had the bar and then the courtyard and the bar area. We, we brought our chef in. It took a year and a half to, for us to finally even get stairs up there. You should have seen us. We were, it was our storage and we would have this big ladder. <laughs> we would, I, I remember seeing that ladder. Yeah, man, that was insane. I can't remember. That's <laughs> climbing up there, yeah, yeah. just like rolling over on the linoleum. Yeah, yeah. So the, that, OSHA, the OSHA guys were pretty excited about that. <laughs> uh, that was that was the that was pretty. That was those were fun times. And then as soon as we got the steps for and the dining room opened, <laughs> um, the pandemic. I mean, it was like less than a month after that. Yeah. Uh, really crap timing on that, of course. Yeah. I would like to just interject that I've been to Jewel a couple of times, and and uh, you know, it didn't even occur to me that it was a restaurant. <laughs> uh, although I definitely ate something every time I've been there, it just didn't put together for me. It was just a bar, and I had some great snacks. And even uh, recently, one of my team went down there. Kristen, you met her. She dropped off something for you. Oh yeah, um, that was great. Right. And she came back and raved about dinner. And I was like, you had dinner? I get <laughs> <laughs> like, snacks. Okay, you made. And she's like, no, there's a whole menu. And she went over a few things on the menu. And I was like, oh wow, okay. So I gotta go in there with different eyes when I go down there this year. And I'm excited to come see the second floor. Um, yeah, yeah. The chef's great. You guys, you guys will love the food. What's what's also fun about it is like he didn't really realize that you know him being from London that uh, he'd be working with somebody who's into a uh, uh, Premier League football. So <laughs> right, yeah. So we have this bet. Whenever Arsenal plays Villa, I'm a Aston Villa uh, supporter. So whenever whenever uh, Arsenal plays Villa, whoever wins, the other uh, person um, buys them the uh, uh, Fuente Opus X cigar. Well, sadly, you know Villa aren't as good, aren't as popular as Arsenal. So I've only uh, I've only received one, but you know <laughs> that's okay. 
it's always, uh, always good trash talking going back and forth. I, yeah, exactly. I think uh, anytime I'm gambling, I'm gambling because I, of course, enjoy winning, but there's the thrill of losing as well. So, yeah, you're right. In there. That's my fuel in, in life. Five <laughs> times nominated, y'all. <laughs> That's I love that. That's so great. I mean, I'm kind of afraid to, to cheer you guys on this year. I want you guys to keep it going. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder to hit that sweet spot between like bad enough to not even make it on the list, but good enough to win. You know, it's a much narrower <laughs> target that we aim for yeah. every year. To to hit the top four year year over year is harder than hitting number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, Greg. Uh, and I again, I appreciate that that we're doing it. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the drinks at at Jewel and Zoe. Yeah, let's do. Like what? What would you say? Like that? I mean, obviously, you're in New Orleans. You've got. A, Obviously, nods to classics. Uh, you can't you can't be in New Orleans and and not have you know respect for classic New Orleans style cocktails. But what is it that you're uh, that you're doing there that you're excited about? Um, or what is the really, chef? Really, what is the chef following? <laughs> <laughs> right on. We um, all, all, a lot of our um, our fun takes are. Um, the, I'm I'm not a fan of the Vukare. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I'm I'm more I'm more of a supporter of the uh, the Creole cocktail. That's not too well known, but the Vukare to me is kind of an average cocktail. Um, So I've I've been enjoying brown butter washing with different spices, the uh, brandy and the and the whiskey. And so guests like each every other month we switch it up. So guests have been coming in to see like which Vukare is there. You know, we do different uh, brandy crustas as well. We have an awesome one called the Alcala, which is a street in Oaxaca. So it's uh, tequila mezcal. And then there's yellow chartreuse and creme de cocoa instead of um, curacao and maraschino to balance the uh, citrus. Uh, but the Night I mean, Tripper. I mean, just up? like just like you chased the French 75 at the French 75 bar. I, know. I feel like the crusta is really what you're doing at Jewel, right? It is. But, you know, to be honest with you, I... I can't give up the 75, man. It's like, uh, oh, of I, course, I, I, of course. <laughs> I know that it's been tortured. You know, okay, really, really quickly. There's a, when you look at the back bar at um, Jewel, there's four columns, and so when we were swiping through back bars to bring in, you know, because they're all on they're all on uh, websites, you know, on warehouses of all their back bars. But anyway, there's four four columns at the 75 bar, you know. So being there, I don't like 15 years. I wanted to be. I wanted, I wanted those four columns behind me. So that's like a real, it's another nod to the French. To me Very cool. But I, we even brought the glass over too. So that everything's the same, you know? Wow. Got the glass, cognac. And, uh, and I finally went to Australia and, uh, got, uh, my sixth continent where I've made a French 75 on. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. And, and yeah, I totally understand bringing the glass over. Why wouldn't you, you stood behind that same bar with that same glassware that all the yeah. same tools, measurements, et cetera. Why would you throw away all that research and work just because you moved to a new location? Like you, you kind of own that drink. That's your, that's your legacy to, to uphold. Yeah, I agree. I want to keep the, I want to make the glass kind of iconic because you got chumps over there in Portland, like uh, Morgenthaler trying to say it's always in a Collins with ice. So, you know, I got to keep that, I got to keep that yeah. shit going, brother. Uh, agreed on chumps over there in Portland. Um, and yeah, yeah, he does. He likes to serve it in, in a long glass. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he, everyone has their own opinion and his is wrong. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so anyway, I didn't mean to inter- jump in and interrupt, but I just wanted to kind of state that like y- you, you, you definitely made that drink your own. And then I feel like, and you were about to either correct me or tell me I'm right, that the crusta is what the sort of crust is over there at Jewel. Is that true or no? It, um, um, what, what is the crust at Jewel? Yeah. I mean, I know it's, at oh, Jewel, yeah, of course. But, it, but it's, but it's kind of yeah. like, you know, you, you mentioned that Santini was the first to kind of sugar rim a glass. So that sort of leads right into that drink. And so, so that's probably going to be part of your program kind of forever. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Crust is always on. Um, so it's our number, it's our, our main classic. Um, and we, I mean, we just overdo it as well. Like, you know, with the, with the, uh, with sugar, I got glitter, sugar, four different types of sugar, <laughs> gold sugar, you know? So, so, you know, when you're, and we're using a really, um, you know, very decently um, high-end uh, cognac as well. I just want to make it as, you know, the special, special drink that it is. You know, when you make your way over to Jewel. So. And you have caviar. Yeah, our caviar <laughs> service is awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge caviar fan. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like that is one of those, those little dishes that will go well with pretty much any cocktail. Yeah, you're right. Especially the way we prepare it, because uh, our, our chef brought back the uh, scallop potato from uh, nice. fried, fried. Yeah, so you get this fat, nice hunk of potato with the creme fraiche, and then the uh, mother pearl spoons of uh, of caviar. He brought that back from his um, Australian days. That's how they do it uh, down in Australia. So it's pretty. The presentation is pretty great. Nice. Oh man, you know what? Like, I the crusta was always one of those drinks that got me, and I. Fucked around with it so many times. I, I made a, I wanted to do like a kind of a mashup of two New Orleans classics where essentially it's, it's called Absinthe Crusta. And it's basically, oh, a, nice. yeah. So it's like, I did like, at one point I was doing it in a Morrow shooter, but I just hollowed out a lemon and then shoved that down into the Morrow shooter and then rimmed the top of that. So it, it created the oh, lip of the glass, wow. like an extra like inch and a half. So you could actually fill the, the Morrow shooter up to the correct wash line with it. But it was like, that was so clunky, man. It was like, <laughs> it was cool because like, I was like, you know, the crusta, it's got this big peel uh, of citrus, you know, going around it. And I was like, it'd be cool if you actually were like drinking, like the rim of the glass, you actually put your lips on was citrus and you were drinking. So that's what I did with that. And I thought it was so cool. But then Brian Miller came in once and he was like, you know what, man? Fun idea. Just do a big horse's neck. It's like this is really <laughs> weird. So, so I changed it up. That's awesome. Uh, right. One of those things that just conceptually cool, functionally. But <laughs> we're like hollowing out lemons to order because I don't know if you remember this uh, oh, other, but at, at Prime Meats, uh, we we didn't pre-juice any of our juices back in the day. We yep. cut everything in half and juiced it with a hand juicer. Like a hand clamp, not like the big Rashan thing. And it was just, I, I didn't think we were going to be as busy as that place ended up being, but it just ended up being a real pain in the ass. But it was kind of fun too at the same time. But we were definitely hollowing out to order with a paring knife, rolling a lemon, cutting the ends off, rolling it on the cutting board and hollowing <laughs> out. And then we just had all this, like the inside of a lemon that was just, we couldn't juice it at that point because oh, there's nothing to hold on to. And <laughs> It was so right. stupid, but like to me, I've, I've had a very strange, turbulent history with crustas. So <laughs> I'm glad that you're like taking it and, and going with it. And if anyone can do that, it's definitely you. So can't really w- wait to try that. What are some of the riffs you're doing uh, with a crusta? Um, 
Well, that the Alcala is really, really cool. We're doing a Martinique one where we have like a, to, a coconut um, sugar and salted rim. Oh, cool. That one's pretty cool. We got the, I mean, Martinique, uh, we made that one. Um, Marco Dionysus in, in San Francisco like, immediately sends me a message. You know, I made I made the exact same drink in 2004. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> There's always a chump out there, huh? But, um, it's been fun. We've uh, we've switched it up. Switched up the spirits has been cool, you know. But I wanted to ask you, like, what Frank Cisneros thought about you hollowing all those lemons out. As soon as you said prime meats, it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't. His opinion doesn't matter. Uh, Frankie cocktails. <laughs> I haven't heard his name in so long. And then he said prime meats. It's like, oh, that's old school. Yeah, very old school. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what, that's one thing that's kind of cool about that uh, old way, way off topic. The uh, the old fashioned book by Simonson is the three bars pictured in that book are prime meats, Maison, and French seventy five. Yeah, but yeah, Jules Jules um, Jules been a lot. Um, I'm happy about the way it's been received. It took a lot of work, um, you know, going in every day. One thing I wanted to uh, mention is we're now um, closed Monday Tuesday, <clears throat> and I have to say after this after the pandemic. I don't know if I care about seven days in a row anymore, man. I mean, I like, I like my free day of walking in where it closed and the only one there doing a little bit of prep to make the week go. Does anybody else talk about these? Like, uh, man, it's, it's, I think it's been a, a topic a lot. You know, uh, a lot of bars that used to be open till four in the morning in New York have decided not to go back to that. Several bars that I know of here um, have gone to a reservation only system, which they didn't have before. And they're staying with it because they're more op- They're optimizing their room more for, for those reasons. There are definitely places I've talked to. I want to get back to seven days. Um, only Amore Margo in my company is back to seven days right now, but I want to get everything back to seven days. Um, but uh, there are lots of folks who are talking about exactly what you're talking about. They're realizing that they were profitable and uh, doing well, and the staff was uh, you know, maybe higher morale for everybody having days off together. So I, I'm hearing this conversation all over the place. So glad you brought it up. I think that's a big one. You know, just the understanding your week. You know, so many times it's, it's like such a luxury working in industry to have a set schedule, you know, and, and I know that sounds kind of insane, but like, it's true. You know, a lot of schedules, the, the freedom of flexibility of a schedule means that someone's taking off and then that's going to alter your schedule for that week. Right. I mean, like, and that's cool. We all do that for each other, but once you get a set schedule and more importantly, like set days off. Man, that does wonders for your mental health and your physical health. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what. That's yeah, exactly. And I never really thought about it. You know, working in the industry for over over twenty six years, and then going into two years of that, and then coming out being like, oh wow, three days off. That's amazing. You know, but I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't have it off now. But these two days of being closed have been kind of cool because we were we were actually taken like you know fun field trips. We went to like a sugar refinery all together. You know, mm-hmm. um, we went to the brewery. Um, swamp tour you know it's been right. so that's I mean, been kind of cool i mean and those are the kind of things that that forge a team and then get you recognized for best bar team i like it right, right so right the pay on. the payoff is still there i would ask you this are you gonna this is selfish <laughs> are you gonna be open monday tuesday during tales <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have we have to man okay, yeah, we good, know. Good, good. And, and we want to because we have good friends that wanted to come and have uh little like little um parties you know, at the, uh, at the place. So yeah, that week, definitely Monday and Tuesday. That was not, that was never even going to be an option. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
good. Happy to hear that um, because I'm, I'm definitely going to be staying nearby and I think I'll be popping in uh, with some regularity because I've scanned over your menu online and it looks great and I want to come and see not only the drinks, uh, but the food as well. I'm going to pay attention this time. Uh, I did see on the <laughs> menu that you've got a, a section called, I can't remember what it was called, Diamonds in the Rough or something like that. Oh, yeah. We were just wanted to find a way to like use more of the you know, high-end spirits. We get some spirits uh, at, at an auction, so making the upper crust. Uh, um, oh, cool. kind of, yeah, with the, with the cognac from the 60s is kind of, you know, kind of oh, fun. That's great. Yeah, so you, got, <laughs> you got four or five drinks in that list that are a little bit more expensive, but they're made with special products. And uh, and that's, I love that. I love that. I think that's, a, that's becoming more and more common um, out there, and I love seeing it every time. Yeah, it is cool. We have the um, the rum we got from the '60s from Bacardi, uh, and the um, gilded Cuban instead of the old Cuban. It's pretty nice. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's lovely. And then uh, you know I, you do have caviar service on the menu, and you do serve drinks, and it's a common. It's becoming more and more common out there. Uh, I think because of uh, some of the consortium holdings places out in San Diego and of course Temple Bar here in New York. Are you going to offer caviar bumps with, with cocktails? <laughs> That's funny. Have you not seen that? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, so the martini list say at Temple uh, has an upcharge of I think, I don't know, 14 15 $16, whatever it is. And it just says cav- add a caviar bump to your martini. And then they come bar side or table side with two mother of pearl spoons and a dish of caviar and they make a little canal and they put it on your hand so you can do a bump of caviar with your oh wow that's awesome <laughs> I we think are, should, we I are think not should. <laughs> we should we have not done that yet i think you should take it and run it's uh it's an easy upsell it's not hard to get someone who's drinking a delicious martini to say yeah a, a little bite of caviar to go with this would be great yeah nice i'll mention that today actually when i go in that's funny. I, I hope I hope they're on the menu when I come because I'll I'll definitely do a few. Tails gonna be a little difficult, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. There... Maybe it's maybe it's bar only during tails. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, listen, we are winding down to the end of our time here. Um, I want to make sure that people know how to follow along with Jewel of the South, Manolito, your shenanigans. Um, you got an Instagram handles that you want to pass out to the listener. Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> this is Man- Manolito Nola, M A N I L O. I mean, M-A-N-I-L-T-O, ManolitoNola.com. I mean, not .com, but yeah, it's the website. But Instagram is at ManolitoNola and Instagram JewelNola for Jewel of the South. And then I'm uh, Count underscore Hannah at Instagram. Dude, they have a cocktail called Night Tripper on the menu, by the way. I was going to say what you were asking. Yeah, that's been around for – yeah, talk about that. You you were about to talk about it. I was, yeah. I was actually going to mention that when you you said – not classics, but yeah, that Night Tripper was like, is my favorite uh, uh, stand. I mean, long standing cocktail on the menu, right. both at uh, French 25 and um, and Jewel. So, like, that was my flask cocktail, you know, when I would go to yeah. um, Cru de Vu, and I've never named it. I just built it always in the flask, went out with that one year. Dr. John was king of Cru de Vu, it was 2010. And I've been making that, you know, flask cocktail for, for several years then, but. When I ran up to him, man, I was so excited, like a little kid. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was, I was like, throw me something, throw me something. And he threw me one of his cups that I still have. And then like when his float went away, I was just like, man, I pulled my flask out. And I took a sip and I was just like. It's the night tripper. I'm, I'm naming it. Yeah. And it was yeah. super perfect That's for so him weird. because of the strega, the witchiness. You know, Dr. John was way into voodoo. So it's. Yeah. And also yeah. in the song Night Tripper, he talks about having all the things that will soothe your ails. And, and you know, like it's it's perfect perfectly named perfectly 
situated in in the timeline and the experience cocktail. Um, so, man, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I even got the, I got the serving as well. But I got pictures with him. Nice. Yeah, Doctor Doctor John is uh, definitely one of my <clears throat> one of my heroes here in, uh, in New Orleans. Same, same. I even drank the I even drank the night tripper when I went to his viewing uh, in the Orpheum Theater. Walked up, took a sip, patted the casket, and, and walked out. Damn. Yeah, he was he was uh, definitely one of my favorites. He even actually texted his daughter the night tripper recipe when I told him I made the cocktail, and it was funny because he had a flip phone. It took him so long to text, and I was just like, I'm going to sit here the whole time. I mean, I feel bad I'm wasting his time, but he was so excited. His daughter was a, was a bartender in Vegas, and he texted her the recipe. I was like, this is awesome. That's incredible. Hell yeah. Uh, well, tell you what, maybe uh, as soon as we get off the air, you can give us the recipe. We'll put it up in the show notes, uh, and we'll we'll get the Night Tripper out there to all the peoples. Awesome. Um, uh, but we are definitely at the end of our time here. Uh, loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. Uh, and I very, very much look forward to seeing you uh, on your home turf in New Orleans in a couple of weeks. Uh, and and spending a lot of time at the bar at Jewel of the South and, and definitely walking by and getting some daiquiris at Manolito. Um, right on. This was great, man. Thank you. But uh, that's it for this episode of the Speakeasy. Uh, to uh, Log on to heritageradionetwork.org to check out many, many more shows just like this one. Uh, there's a click. There's a beating heart. I think the beating heart is actually gone, Damon. You keep mentioning it, but I don't think it's there I'm on the new website. I'm trying to resuscitate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to resurrect the beating heart. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, there's plenty of links on there for you to donate to keep shows like ours and many others on the air. So thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 So you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. It's gonna get you